Welcome to another episode of the Political Prisoner Podcast, produced by Look Ahead America. I'm the executive director of Look Ahead America and your host, Matt Brainerd. Today we have a different kind of episode. We're not talking to a political prisoner, but to a civilian who's decided to step up and do some good on behalf of those that have been persecuted and those who are suffering. Her name is Sarah Maccabee, and her organization is called Operation Love Wins. Sarah, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on, Matt. So uh, what is Operation Love Wins? So Operation Love Wins is a campaign through the organization, The Real J6, uh, who Shane Jenkins is the founder of. Um, my name is Sarah Maxey. I am the director of public affairs. In January of 2023, Mr. Congressman Froynell went into the D.C. facility, and when he visited them, the men in there told him that they had not seen their families in two years due to the mandate that the facility had put in place for visitation. So Mr. Nels promised them that he would work on that, and he did get in-person visitation for them. Unfortunately, as most everybody knows, that these individuals have already endured so much hardship, and most of the individuals on the inside were the breadwinners of their family. And so when we heard the news, everybody was super excited for about an hour or two until they realized that they weren't going to be able to see their families because they could not afford to do it. You know, there's men in there from Tennessee, California, Texas, Colorado. They couldn't afford for their family to fly in pay for housing and transportation to see them maybe one or two hours at max. And so we got together as a team and we said, how can we, you know, get the general public involved and get this out to them to see if they would even be willing to help. So we launched Operation Love Wins at the beginning of February, and we were asking the general public to either donate money through our Give, Send, Go, or they could donate airline miles, hotel rewards, any type of travel reward. And so we did just that. I travel for work and my corporate job outside of this, and I know a handful of people that will never use as many travel rewards as they have because they travel so much for work. And so we were like, how can we do this? And so we started to ask for the donations, and they just started to come in. We were blown away about how the general public wanted to help these individuals see our family. Wow. Uh, so what were you doing before all this came up, and what brought you to uh, take this great act of charity? Because uh, you know, before January 6th, a lot of these people had very different lives than they did afterwards. So uh, what were you up to, and what were you doing, and then what, what drew you to this cause? Yeah, um, so I'm from the corporate world. I worked in the entertainment industry in regards to concerts, Broadway shows, films, and that was my corporate job. And then uh, my husband got to get to know Shane when he was in the D.C. Gulag. My husband's a political prisoner as well. Um, and he got to know Shane very well. My husband's no longer in that facility. He's been moved around a couple of times. Um, but I continued my connection with Shane, and we decided as a team that we wanted to run something from the inside to get the voice. Um, he's the voice on the inside. We're the voice from the outside. And we got into the community and just started to dig in and say, where are these needs? You know, there's so many incredible organizations out there for the January 6th defendants. Um, but there wasn't necessarily one where they could continue to do calls to action to 
help so many people say, how can we help them in an immediate turnaround, right? Because they know there's lawsuits coming down the road and all of these different things that Congress can only do so much, but they want to know what they can do now to help make the situation a little bit better than what they're having to go through day in and day out. And so that's what we've been able to do in November of 2022, we launched a visitation campaign where individuals could write, call, or email um, the mayor's office, the D.C. DOC, as well as Congress to get people in there to give them their basic human rights, their constitutional, their American God-given rights, and visitation was one of them. So because of what the general public did, Mr. Nels did go in there and at least get them visitation and their religious services back. So it's little things like that with the um, campaigns that we ask the January 6th community to help with. Yeah, and I, I do want to say that uh, Congressman Troy Nels, formerly Sheriff Troy Nels, yes. is a true patriot. He uh, is not afraid to stand up against the mob. And, you know, when you, I figured the guy's someone who knows a thing or two about prisons being a sheriff. And uh, for him to go in there and try his best and actually deliver some results of setting things right, I think is something that deserves our praise and respect. Absolutely. I was working with his office prior to this um, to get everything that they needed in order to go in there, um, just different accounts of stuff that had happened in there. And for him to be able to go in there and after these um, individuals haven't seen their families in two years, for him to go in there and say, we're going to make this happen. I mean, and he certainly didn't go in there and release them like they were hoping or them being the save, him being the savior. But the little things that just make their time a little better, you know, uh, I have not seen my husband in two years. And so me being able to live that little bit of joy and that hope through these individuals who have seen their family. We had a family last weekend um, that a brother and sister were finally able to see each other after two years. And to be able to hear those stories is just so overwhelming. It's so emotional to know that we had a little part in making that happen. Why are they being prevented from seeing family members? Like, How could they possibly justify that? Um, they tried to justify it by saying that it was covid um, that you were not able to see your family members unless you were vaccinated. They were vaccinated. The children were vaccinated. And a lot of these individuals didn't want to go down that road. I also know that there were individuals who did get vaccinated and that were still denied visitation for a very long time. Same denied, reason denied they were by denied. Who's, de who's doing the denying? Uh, the facility and the mayor's office. The mayor of Washington, D.C.? Yes, Mayor Bowser. So, uh, what, uh, what, what kind of success have you found so far with this uh, effort to raise money? How much have you been able to raise so far, and how many families have you been able to uh, help travel? So, we have one family that has already completed their trip. We have about seven to eight other families that have reached out, and their trips are scheduled. And some of them are just in waiting. There's 25 individuals that are still being held in D.C. Um, and so we have a little bit more to go to get every our goal is for every family member to be there at least once. And then if the money and the rewards continue to come in, this is just going to be an ongoing thing. Some of the men have been, you know, shipped out after they've been sentenced. 
Um, some of them are awaiting trial. So to be able to get their two-hour visit, they have to get it approved at least a month in advance. So it's just little uh, nuances like that that we're working through. Um, but we do have about eight, maybe nine families that have been scheduled. We raised a little under uh, $40,000 right now. Um, and we estimate that it'll cost at least $2,000 to $2,500 to get every family there. So for a family of four, um, up to a family of four, we will pay for a round-trip flight or transportation of their choosing, um, as well as a two-night hotel stay and then um, transportation, whether they rent a car in the city or we uh, provide Ubers um, and then per diem as well. So we'll cover their entire um, expense in that regard to go see their loved one. Yeah, I, the employment component of these individuals' persecution uh, can't really be overlooked because we, you know, some of us who've been following this, we, there's a, an abundance of uh, coverage on how bad the situation is on the in the prisons themselves, how badly mm -hmm. they're being treated. But something we, I guess, that isn't as apparent or easy to see is that these people are breadwinners, and for those that have been released, it's hard to get employment when you've got two strikes against you. Not only are you a, an ex-felon or ex-con, but you're also a January 6th dangerous, deadly insurrectionist. And right. I think that uh, that's that's something that's difficult to overcome. And many people get that strike on them, even though they were never convicted of anything. Uh, just by the association, we've had people lose their jobs before ever being convicted. So I'm glad that Look Ahead right. has been trying has has successfully put together a jobs program specifically for J6. We're actually advertising it on uh, social media. We've been able to find employers and actually connect some J6ers to uh, people who are willing to give them a job. I'm also, a, you know, this infrastructure of support that that LAA has created and which you're creating now for Operation Love Wins uh, is a very encouraging. And I would like to say that. Uh, on behalf of Look Ahead America, we are going to contribute $1,000 to your fund. So uh, wow, we'll talk you. later on how to send it over to you. I would encourage everybody else to please um, support this. It's at givesendgo.com slash lovewins. I believe that's the correct uh, uh, yes. givesendgo. Is that correct? Yes. And you can also go to therealj6.com backslash lovewins, and that gives you more information as well. And that's awesome. So people can donate points and miles and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, I would encourage everybody to give these guys it's basically a, not to make light of it, but it's sort of like the Ronald McDonald house, but for political prisoners. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what our whole goal is, right? Is these individuals at the end of the day, they're human, they're Americans, and we need to make sure regardless of what they're facing ahead in regards to any type of charges, or sentencing time. They they are political prisoners in our own backyard who hasn't they haven't been able to see their loved ones, you know, they haven't been able to hold their hand, give them a hug, anything like that. Whereas anybody else, it doesn't matter what you're convicted of, pretty much anywhere else you're at least able to see your loved ones. You know, earlier you asked about how can they get away with this. You know, they even blamed not having video visitation on COVID. How, how does that make any sense? How can you, you know, blame COVID for you can't even see your loved ones via a computer screen? That that is S nine and uh, and, I mean you've got people out on bail who have committed murder, attempted murder, uh, homicide, uh, all kinds of other serious crimes, and you've got people here who have perfectly clean records, uh, 
got into a scuffle with police officers or something like, well, of course we can look ahead. We can, I'm sure you do condemn all kinds of political violence. Um, but I mean, especially in these cases where you have individuals who have not been convicted of anything, uh, that to, to give them this kind of treatment, it, 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 it goes beyond even the way you would treat people who have been convicted of equal or similar crimes, which this is sort of the, the axiom of, uh, of, everything surrounding J6 is that these people are not being persecuted for what they did. They're being persecuted for what they believed. And that That's is in essence, true. that is essentially what a political prisoner is. And everywhere these guys go, everywhere they turn, there's, they're faced with obstacles. So, and, and hatred and their portrayal of the media is horrific. And, you know, if God forbid they get a job somewhere and the media finds out about it, they're going to do everything they can to get that person fired because um, the media here in this country, 90% of it, if not more, is oriented towards uh, destroying uh, any opportunity these people have uh, because of who they may have supported for president. But that's absolutely. And it's, it's affecting their families too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not only affecting these individuals, it's their family because they're associated with these people. Yep. And you're like, you've never really seen anything like this in the history of America that because you're associated with somebody who is not even convicted that, that, you know, what happened to innocence until uh, proven guilty? It's, it's not, we knew that it wasn't like this before this, but this just puts the nail in the coffin for that, that even if you're associated with somebody that was there that day, you now have a target on your back. Yeah. And uh, the, the media doesn't care if you're, You've got kids or you've got people that depend on you or an elderly parent that you're looking after or who depends on your income. They, they don't care. They, they basically want you dead. They want your family destroyed. That, that's the, uh, that is the objective of the J6 committee, of the political apparatus and the Biden administration, of the political apparatus in Washington, D.C. itself. That is the enemy. That is who we're up against. And Absolutely. And they're trying to destroy these people, whether it's financially because the breadwinners have been locked away for two years, mm -hmm. emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whichever way they can. They want to make examples out of these individuals to, to make sure that this never happens again. But what they don't understand is they picked the wrong people to do this, too, because these people are going to withstand the storm, whether it's, you know, in, in the long run, I you know, I just hope and pray that these individuals will make sure that this never happens again, that they go into prison reform, they go into whatever they might be called into into going into that, you know, to make sure that there's laws and there's things written in place that this will never happen again to their loved ones, to their grandchildren, to their children. Yeah. And, you know, I think and this is something I reflect on a lot is that there is a, I think, a very bright silver lining that may come out of this, because I don't know that. Nelson Mandela, I don't know that Martin Luther King, I don't know that many of the other uh, political leaders around the world who per history accomplished important things would have ever done that had not they seen the inside of a prison cell unjustly. Right. And I just look at these folks that have been persecuted and I wonder I, who, what, what occasion, what accomplishments do these people have in front of them when they become free again. And I would like to believe that the state that did this to them is going to reap what they sow in the future when these individuals come out and they're able to uh, 
lead reform efforts to prevent this from happening again, for it to ha- to put an end to this uh, deep state uh, machine that has tried to crush them and their families over political disagreements uh, through political persecution. And, you know, all, all we can do, you and me, we're sort of in this supporting role. You know, there's there's a really finite amount of things we could do. So look at LAA, what do we do? We do a jobs program, we do a podcast, we try to put pressure on elected officials to do the right thing. You are there making sure their families are able to see them, but we're just sort of on the uh, periphery of things we could do. The only ones who ultimately will be able to redeem this great crime against them are these people themselves. Um, and I'm just yeah. glad that they have people like uh, you and LAA and many, many, many other individuals uh, who've been in these supporting roles outside of the prisons, and there are too many, too many people to count. Uh, that that they that we're there to support them uh, again in the future uh, when when they try to make their mark and try to fix what happened to them so it doesn't happen to anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always said, you know, whether it's people having in our particular case right now with Operation Love Wins, you know, if you don't have the finances, if you don't have the donations, um, whatever it might be, everybody has a voice. And that's what we need to be doing is we need to be the voice for these individuals that are on the inside that can't necessarily speak or their families might be afraid to speak up because they have children or they're, you know, they're just going through their own individual issues. But we as Americans have a voice and it's about getting their stories out there to the public because the J6 community is strong, but there's so many people out there that know that maybe, maybe know that this is happening, but don't know how bad it is to an extent. But when you get to talk to a family member or you get to talk to somebody like you or your organization, Look Ahead America, and say, hey, we've talked to these individuals, we've seen it firsthand, this is what's going on, it really changes their perspective. And and I've said from the beginning, when one person tells one person who tells one person, I believe that's how we're going to right this wrong and the, and the truth is going to come to light because these men and these individuals have endured more than they ever should have. But with us being able to be the voice for them and get their stories out, I think that's what's going to change, you know, from the small community that we have that'll continue to grow. Yep. Well, I'm glad that you're fighting the fight and uh, we're happy to be right there alongside you. Uh, To reiterate for our listeners, uh, please support this effort. Givesengo.com slash love wins. Is there anything else uh, you'd like our audience to know, Miss Sarah? We just uh, thank you all in advance for everything that you do for us, whether it's writing to us, supporting us, praying for us, getting the word out there. Um, We just appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. And thank you, Matt, and Look Ahead America for donating to us. Um, We're going to have stories coming out soon where the families who were able to go see their loved ones, they documented their trips. We're going to be able to push that out to our supporters so they can actually see where their money is going and be involved with in it. Well, that's excellent. I'm glad to hear that. And I appreciate our listeners uh, for tuning into this episode of the Political Prisoner Podcast. I would encourage you to please sign up for updates at lookaheadamerica.org. And if you like our work, you can also give us a tax-deductible, non-disclosed contribution, anonymous, at lookaheadamerica.org. Until the next episode, America first, America forever.